Oh, man. Um, Adam made a comment this morning about a puppy and uh, comparing Satan to a puppy, and it was odd because I wanted to compare Satan to a puppy as well. Um, and uh, and I have a puppy. She's about three, two, two months old, two to three months old. And when the puppy does something wrong, her eyes light up. She crouches down in fear, okay? She knows that daddy's coming, okay? And she knows that daddy's coming with the wrath. Compare the dog to Satan. Satan's crouching. Satan's eyes are lit up. He's in the crouching position. He's fearful because he knows that daddy's coming. He knows the wrath of the father is coming. And we're going to stomp on the, the devil's head tonight. We're, going to, we're, going to, we're just going to throw him down and we're going to put him in his rightful place. And this is what I have. The word of God tonight, the word, and I'm sorry I'm tearing up, but I'm frustrated, I'm aggravated, and the king is coming. The heavenly father is coming. And we as a church need to prepare the way. The word, the word tonight is called make straight his path. Okay? Make straight his path. I want to compare it to a game of chess. If you've played chess, I never have. But I watched a game of chess with my brother and my brother-in-law while we were on vacation. And when you get to a certain position, you call a check. Okay? And that person has to check their piece. Okay? And you call a check. Well, God is checking right now. All right? He's checked in multiple places. He's checking. He's checking. And he's preparing to checkmate. And if you know what happens when you checkmate, game's over. Okay? That means the king is cornered. He's in his place. Satan is cornered. He's in his place. And the king is coming. Okay? He's about to checkmate. All right? We are living in the end times. We are living in the end. And we need to be ready. We need to make straight his path. God has an awesome word for you. I love politics, and I love history, and I love the word of God. And that's what you're going to get tonight, okay? If you don't know, I'm a government teacher, okay? Um, and I hated government before I started teaching it. And I love it now, okay? Politics, I love it. And you know what I started realizing as I got more and more into politics? You guys can be seated, I'm sorry. Um, as I got more and more into politics, I realized more and more how much politics correlate with the Bible, okay? If you pay attention, if you really pay attention, things are happening. Justin, if you could bring up the map of modern-day Israel. I'm just going to show you a couple things. Um, if you look at this map, that's Israel. The light area is Israel, okay? This, see the pointer area? That's the Gaza Strip, and this is the West Bank, okay? The area in the middle. Those are areas controlled by Muslim Palestinians, okay? You hear the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. And everyone wants to put a stop to this conflict. And the reason why I'm talking about it uh, tonight is because President Obama last month told the Israelites, told the, the country of Israel not to attack, not to threaten any Islamic countries, not to threaten the Gaza Strip, not to th threaten the West Bank, and that Israel should back off. There should be no conflict, okay? The conflict's not going to end. You want to know why? Because that little strip of land down there, that's part of Canaan, okay? That is where the Philistines, if, if you look in the Old Testament and you look at maps, that's where the Philistines reigned, okay? We were at battle with the Philistines for a long, long time, the, the Hebrew and the Jewish people were. Okay, so the Gaza Strip, that's where the, the Philistines were. We defeated the Philistines. If you read in Joshua, God went to Joshua and there were five areas that he had to conquer. And one of those was the Philistines, in which he did. 
Okay? Now, if you understand the Old Testament, what happens is God make, makes com- covenants, He makes promises, and He keeps them as long as you keep your end of the deal. Okay? Well, they lost the Gaza Strip. They lost that land um, because of their sin. All right? Um, and what happens, and we'll look at this tonight. We'll look at how the country divided, how the country split, how, uh, how, how it's been divided and split. And God, God spoke through Isaiah and said He's going to make, uh, make them one again. Okay, he's bringing it back. And he's in the process of bringing it back. God is checking. The Israeli-Palestinian uh, conflict, that's God checking. God speaks... Uh, uh, when you read the prophets in Ezekiel and Isaiah, they talk about Babylon. Babylon is modern-day Iraq. Okay, God is checking. He's checking. And we, as a church, we need to make straight his paths. Okay? So that's what the message is going to be tonight. I have a lot of scripture. Okay? Um, and, and I just want to lay the groundwork a little bit more. If you do not understand um, about Islam and why um, the Israelites and the Christians and the Islamic faith battle so much, Israel okay, comes from, you have Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob's name was changed to Israel. Okay? He, and then you have the 12 tribes of Israel. Ishmael had 12 sons as well. Ishmael believed that he was the son of promise. Okay? And out of that, you grow the religion of Islam. Okay, That's where it all originates, that's where it start, starts from. And if you look in Genesis chapter 16, it says, <clears throat> verse 11, it says, Behold, you're, you are with child, and you shall bear a son, and you shall name him Ishmael, because the Lord has heard your affliction, and he shall be a wild man, and his hand shall be against every man, and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. Does that not describe the conflict that we have with Christianity and Islam? Okay? Their hands are against each other. Okay? And that's where it stems from. That's where it comes from. All right? I just want to lay that groundwork so you understand that God is checking. We're going to start in the beginning. We're going to start with God's promise to Abraham. And I use this a lot when I preach because I think it's important to lay the groundwork for a lot of things. Okay? So we're going to look at the promise that... Um, that God had given to Abraham and how he fulfilled that promise and how we are living in that promise today, okay? I'm going to go ahead and pray. So if you would, just pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come before you right now, and I ask that you would bless this word, that this word uh, would be straight from your lips, Lord. It would not be from mine, Lord. There's nothing that I can say, Lord, um, to make this any better, Lord. I pray that you would just usher in your presence through my mouth, that it would be you speaking through me, Lord. I am simply a vessel, Lord. And I pray that the, the message that you have for this church, Lord, would be heard. Lord God, that we would make straight your path, Lord. We would be the voice in the wilderness, Lord God, crying, prepare the way, Lord Jesus. We need to prepare the way for you. So I ask that you would just come, that you would um, just dwell in this place, Lord, that people's ears would, um, would hear what the Lord has to say tonight. And I just thank you and we praise you and it's your holy name we pray. Amen. I go to bed with smiles on my face because I'm going to be on the right side of the check, uh, the checkmate, okay? Um, all right, we're going to start with uh, the promise to Abraham. So if you would turn with me, um, I got to get my notes out here. Okay, Genesis chapter 17, verse uh, 4. Okay, so God had come to Abraham, promised him land, and we're going to see the covenant that God makes. Now, a covenant, God says, you uphold this, um, this is what I will give to you. All right? So this is, this is what we see. Starting with verse 4, and it says, 
And for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but shall be, uh, your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations, and I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. And I will establish a covenant between me and you and, the, and your descendants after, after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant. An everlasting covenant. I want you to key in on the word everlasting covenant. Never ending. An everlasting covenant. God made a never ending covenant with Abraham that he would bless all nations, all nations because of him. And we'll talk about that later. To, to be a God to you and your descendants after you. And I will give you, and I will give to you and your descendants after you uh, in the land which you are a stranger. And the land shall be Canaan, and an, and an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Okay? So Canaan, the land of Canaan. I just showed you uh, modern-day Israel. Um, the Palestinians now control the West Bank and the Gaza Strip. Okay? Me, Chase Rosser, I'm not declaring war on the Palestinians. All I am doing is I'm simply showing you that God created a covenant and promised the land of Canaan to the Israelites, okay, to the Jewish people, to the Hebrew people, and promised them that they would have that land for an everlasting covenant, and it will be theirs forever, okay? So, what you have is, you have them, they're coming back, okay? They're going back to Israel. The Zionist movement, they're going back, and God is checking, okay? That's what we're living in. We are living in the end times. That's why I get pumped up, because Genesis... Okay, God spoke to Abraham how many years ago, and it affects me today. Okay, that's why I get excited about this stuff. I'm like, man, God is moving, and I'm watching it happen right now. All right. Okay, so God, God, I want to focus on when he, uh, when Abraham takes his son. When, when he takes his son Isaac, so he finally has this son that God has promised to him. Okay, and he takes his son, and he's going to sacrifice his son. And when he gets there, he finds a ram, and God provides a ram. Now, I also want to point out to you that in, in the Muslim faith, they believe that Abraham took Ishmael, and that God spared Ishmael's life, okay? That's their, that, that's their belief, okay? So I want you to understand that, that the land they're fighting over, they believe that's their promised land. The land that we're, uh, the Israelites are fighting over, that's their promised land. So no one's going to give up. No one's going to give up ground. This is the end times. God is preparing a way, and he is making straight his paths. And we better be ready, and we better join in in the fight to make straight his paths. Okay? So um, I'm going to go to Genesis chapter 22, verse 15. It says, Then the angel of the Lord came to Abram, Abraham and a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and not withheld your son, your only son, blessing. I will bless you and multiplying. I will multiply your descendants as the stars in the heavens and, and the sands which are on the seashores. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies and your seed of all nations of the earth shall be blessed. That All nations of the earth will be blessed. I want to focus on that, okay? Write that down, put it away, okay? All nations of the earth was blessed. We will, we will talk about later how all nations of the earth are blessed, okay? Excuse me. Uh, 
because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned um, to his young man, and they rose and went together. Okay, so God comes to him a second time and says, I'm going to give you blessings, and I'm going to bless all nations of the earth because of you. Okay? Um, and we're going to look at how God blessed all nations of the earth and how you live in that blessing today. Okay, we live in that blessing. The blessing that, that God poured down on Abraham, we live in that blessing today. All right, I want to go to David, um, talk about David a little bit. So God sets up this covenant with Abraham. You have a covenant with Abraham. He says, I'm going to give you land, I'm going to give you descendants and blessings. Okay, and I'm going to bless all nations because of your faith. Okay, so we've talked about the land a little bit. We'll focus on the blessings later. God comes to David. You know the story of David. Okay, he's running away from Saul, escaping. God delivers him from the hand of Saul. Um, he's getting spears thrown at him. He's dodging spears. He's, um, you know, running away. And God ra- raises him up, and he's a king. He's a, a little sh- a shepherd boy. That's all he is. Okay, um, and you know, you know the story of David from the beginning. Um, but he's just a little shepherd boy, and God comes to him, and God tells him that he makes a covenant with him. And he, he says, this is what I want to do. I want to establish an everlasting kingdom on your name, okay, because of your faithfulness. I like scripture, so I'm going to use a lot of scripture tonight. I hope you can follow along. Okay, so we're going to go to 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 8. Now, therefore, thus shall say to my servant David, thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the sheepfold from following the sheep to be a ruler over my people, over Israel. And I have been with you wherever you have gone and have cut off all of your enemies from before you and, and have made you a great name, like the name of the great men who are on the earth. Moreover, I will appoint a place for my pe- people Israel and I will plant them that they may not dwell in a place, that they may dwell in a place of their own and move no more. That day is coming, okay? Where they will dwell in a place and move no more. Okay, God is preparing that. He is checking that. They've moved. They were scattered all throughout Europe. They're moving back. Okay, God is preparing that day. Uh, Nor shall your sons of weakness oppress them any more as previously since since the time that I have commanded judges to be over you, my, my people Israel, and have caused you to rest from all your enemies. Also, the Lord tells you that he will make you a house. So God comes to you and he says, he will make you a house. This is one thing that I've learned about God. When he comes and he tells you something, a lot of times he doesn't mean literally. So David wasn't going to become a physical house. What he meant was he was going to establish David and his name as a house. You hear from the house of David. Jesus was born into the house of David. Okay, he was a descendant of David. And that's what we're going to look at. We're going to eventually look at how Jesus is the fulfillment of both of these covenants. How Jesus um, fulfills blessings to all nations, and he uh, he he establishes this house, okay, of David. Okay, when your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you, so your descendants, who will come from your body, and I will establish a kingdom. Okay, I will establish a kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom. Forever, So he's saying, there's going to be a descendant that comes after you. There's going to be a descendant of David. And I'm going to establish his throne forever. Okay? Forever means no end. Eternity. 
Hard to think of. I can't grasp it. Okay. So, I will be his father, and he will be my son. If he commits iniquity, sin, I will chasten him with a rod of men and with the blows of the son of men. The crucifixion. Jesus took on your sin. Okay, do you understand that? The angel of the Lord came to David and basically is saying, I'm going to send my son. He's going to take on sin. And because he's taking on the sin, I'm going to crucify him so that his blood may be a covering for your sin. Do you understand that? I mean, God in, in 2 Samuel is predicting and is, is setting up this plan. I get frustrated with people who say, you know what? God set up. He said the Jewish people were their chosen, um, the chosen people. And, you know, they just messed up so many times that God gave, gave up on them and went somewhere else. That is not true. If you read in Genesis, he says, I will bless all nations because of your faith, Abraham. I will bless all nations because of your faith. Jesus is that blessing to all nations. It's free to anyone who wants it, okay? It's the fulfillment of that covenant, all right? So, um, going on with that. But my mercy shall not depart from him, as I took it from Saul, um, whom I removed bef- uh, from before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. Your throne shall be established forever. So, so he comes to David, and he says... Your kingdom is going to be established forever. Okay, so hopefully you're seeing these connections. Uh, You might be guessing where I'm going, um, what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. I'm showing you that God, in the beginning, came to Abraham, he came to David, and throughout, uh, throughout this time period, he came to them and he said, I'm going to establish a kingdom. This kingdom is coming. Okay? So, what is the kingdom? Well, the kingdom is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, when he came to earth, he brought the kingdom. Okay, so let's go to Matthew chapter 1. That's the chapter of the book of the Bible that none of us ever read. We always skip over it. And like the first 14, uh, first 14, and I'm going to not read it because I can't pronounce any of these names. Okay, um, but what I want you to see is in Matthew chapter 1, it says the book of of the genealogy genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David and the son of Abraham. Okay, so what, what what, what Matthew does here is he says, the son of Abraham and the son of David. He is showing that he is a descendant of Abraham and a descendant of David. So what does that do? It proves and it fulfills the covenant that God um, gave to Abraham. God is a promising God. He keeps his covenants. When he says he'll do something, he does it. Whenever he says uh, in Isaiah or Ezekiel and he pro- uh, there's a, a prophecy, it's fulfilled. Okay, Jesus fulfilled prophecies and we're going to talk about those prophecies and we're going to talk about how some of them haven't been fulfilled yet. Okay, which is the scary part because the, the part that hasn't been fulfilled is the vengeance of God. And his wrath is coming, and I'm not trying to scare any of you. I'm trying to get you on board with me and say, we need to prepare the way. We need to tell everyone else. We need to be the voice in the desert, the voice in the wilderness, the one crying out saying, prepare the way. The king is coming. He's coming back, and Satan is defeated. Okay, that's what we need to do. All right, so that's where I'm going here. Okay, so there's all these names, but you see in verse 1, Abraham begot Isaac, okay? Goes through a lot of names, and it gets down to Jesse begot David the king, okay? David begot Solomon, and it goes on from there. All right, if you skip down, 
uh, to 17, it says, So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. And from David until the captivity in Babylon are 14 generations. Um, and from the captivity of Babylon until Christ are 14 generations. So it shows that David, Abraham, his descendants were related to David. David's descendants were related to Jesus Christ. Okay, which means that Abraham, Jesus Christ was a descendant of Abraham. Okay, so... Uh, Justin, can you put up the 12 tribes of Judah? All right. We're going to talk about some Old Testament stuff just briefly. And I want, to, I want you to see how God keeps his covenants and his promises. All right. Um, so you see the 12 tribes right here. Okay. So the 12 tribes of Judah, this is how God set it up. He divided up the land again. That's the Philistines. We were at battle with them a lot. We gained their land for a little bit of time. Then we lost it again. Um, and what happened was, after David, we have a list of kings who turned away from God, starting with his son. Okay? King Solomon loved many foreign women. All right? And his heart was then stolen from the God of Israel and started serving their gods. Okay? Well, what I want to show you, and the only reason that I'm showing you this, is there are two tribes, Judah and Benjamin, okay, that stayed. Um, the, the rest of the, the tribes broke, broke in half. God divided the nation. He divided the nation into two, okay? Um, and you have Israel in the north and Judah in the south. Now, the reason why I'm telling you this is because God, instead of giving up the whole country into captivity, Judah and Benjamin were spared. Now, why would Judah and Benjamin be spared? Because Jerusalem is in the city, Jerusalem is in the city, or in, in the tribe of, of Benjamin, and Jesus is from Jerusalem, um, Bethlehem is in Benjamin, and Judah, David was a descendant of Judah, the lion of the tribe of Judah, okay, do you understand that? All right, so, those two, God kept that covenant. Even though the sin of the people, God kept up his end of the deal. And that's what we have to realize, is even though we sin, even though we make mistakes, God is keeping up his end of the deal. And his end of the deal um, says that he's coming back. And he's coming back really soon, and he's checking. All right, God is checking. He's playing a game of chess. He's checked a couple times, and he's about to checkmate. And we need to be the voice in the, in the wilderness crying out and telling people this, okay? It's not just politics. It's not just the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. It's the Word of God, and it's going to happen, and it's going to be fulfilled, okay? All right. So, let's talk about God bringing Israel and Jerusalem back together. If you... Uh, would turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 37. A lot of times, a lot of times we read um, Ezekiel 37 and we read the dry bones prophecy. And we talk about, you know, can you make these dry, bo uh, dry bones live? And they rise up and they become one great army. Excuse me, but we, we stop there. We stop at verse 15. And um, verse 15, it gets really, really interesting. Because God prophesies to the Son of Man, uh, and he tells him, basically, to make the kingdom one again, okay? So, he says, again, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, as for you, Son of Man, take a stick for yourself and write on it, uh, for Judah and for the, the children of Israel, his companions. 
Then take another stick and write on it for Joseph, the house of the stick of Ephraim, for all those in the house of Israel and his companions. Then join them one to another for yourself into one stick and they will become one in your hand. And when the children and when the children of your people speak to you, saying, will you not show us what you mean by this? Say to them, thus says the Lord, uh, the Lord God, surely I will take the stick of Joseph, which is in the hand of Ephraim. And the, and the tribes of Israel and his companions, and I will join him with the stick of Judah and make them one stick, and they will be one in my hand. And the sticks on which you write will be one in your hand before their eyes. Thus, uh, then say to them, thus says the Lord, Surely I will take the children of Israel from among the nations. Notice it says nations. Okay, I will take the children of Israel from among the nations. Myself. Where am I? Okay, sorry. Yes, uh, wherever they have gone, and I will gather them from every side and bring them into their own land. Okay, it says, I will grab the, the children of Israel wherever they have gone from the nations. Okay, I don't know if you know this, but in 1917 there was something called the Balfour Declaration. Right? And the Balfour Declaration is, is it's part of what's called the Zionist movement, and it's the movement to get Jewish people back into Israel. All right? 1917, uh, the end of World War I, Great Britain uh, declares the Balfour Declaration. If you ask me personally as a historian, I think it was because they were racist and they didn't like Jewish people, but I don't care. God works in marvelous ways that I will never be able to figure out. Okay. Um, what you have to understand about Jewish people is they... They own a lot of banks and they have a lot of money, okay? So a lot of people don't like them. Well, the Balfour Declaration basically said, we have this land, it's Palestine, we're going to say Israel, uh, Jewish people move back to Israel, all right? So you see this great Zionist movement. I see a prophecy being fulfilled, okay? Because it says in Ezekiel 37 that he's going to make them one stick. He's going to gather them from the nations wherever they are, and bring them back to the land where they belong. Do you understand? So they've already started going back. Prophecies are being fulfilled right before your eyes. Okay? So I get excited because we're living, we're living the Bible out to its fullest. Okay? God made a covenant with Abraham. He made a covenant with David. Jesus Christ came. Jesus is that everlasting kingdom. He brings that everlasting kingdom. He is the king. And because of that... I have salvation, I'm blessed, and all nations of the earth are blessed, and I live in the covenant that God gave Abraham and he gave David, and now I'm seeing that prophecies are being fulfilled, okay? God is checking. Be the voice in the desert, okay? That's, that, that's what I want you to take from this. I don't want you to be scared. I'm not scared. I'm happy. I go to bed, I watch the news, and people... They talk about health care. I don't care about health care, okay? I don't care what happens. I'm sick of hearing about it. But when I hear stuff about Palestine or I hear something about the Middle East, I get happy. And I get a smile on my face and I say, all right, what are you doing, God? What's happening over there? Okay? Uh, and then, you know, the president says, Israel, you better not. You know what? I don't care because I'm going to end up on the right side of that checkmate. Okay? I don't care what America does. I do, but I don't. Okay? Because I am going to end up and I'm going to take as many people as I can to the right side of the checkmate. Okay? And we need to be the voice in the desert crying, prepare the way of the Lord. Okay? All right, so 22. Uh, 
uh, and I will make them one nation in the land on the mountains of Israel, and one king shall be king over them all. And they shall no longer be two nations, nor shall they be divided into two kingdoms again. They shall not defile themselves anymore um, with their idols, nor uh, with detestable things, and uh, nor with any of their transgressions, and I will deliver them from all their dwelling places in which they have sinned, and will cleanse them. And then they will, shall be my people, and I shall be their God. Another thing I like to I would like to point out is the Jewish people are still God's chosen people. Okay, He says I will be their God. Okay, He is still their God. They may be confused, they may be upset. Okay, but He is still their God. All right, um, Justin, if you could bring up. Um, modern day Israel again okay Gaza Strip West Bank still not completely in the land that that was given to them not a land of their own okay there are still foreign people living there all right if you read through Isaiah you read through Ezekiel God says that no longer will people pass through a land which is their own strangers will not eat off their land strangers will not live in their house because God is he is going to bring the house of Israel. He is going to bring Israel into one. Okay? God is checking. The time is coming. Okay? All right. Isaiah chapter 61. This is a really, really, really awesome thing that God showed me uh, a couple weeks ago. And I just want to say that this morning's message hit home for me. Um, and the forgiveness and... Because what happens, if you say something against my family or my friends, I get hot really quick, especially my family. And I'm like, I'm going to war. You ask my wife. You ask my wife. I say, I'm going to war. You say something about my parents, I'm going to war. You say something about my, 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 my wife, I'm going to war. You say something about my sister, I'm going to war. I don't care if you're three times the size of me, I'm going to war. Okay? Um, and vengeance isn't mine. Okay? And the forgiveness, we need to forgive. And it really hit home to me. And in Isaiah chapter 61, this is what God says. He says, The Spirit of the Lord, uh, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good, uh, good, good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim the liberty to the captives, and to... Uh, and, and the opening of prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort those who mourn. Okay, that is our job. All right, that's what Jesus came to do. Jesus fulfills that prophecy. Jesus, we will look at this in Luke chapter 4. Jesus goes into the temple. He starts reading that. Okay, Jesus came. He brought that. That's salvation. Jesus brought the good news and salvation. He, br- he brought healing. He brought um, good tidings. He brought the good news. Okay, that is our job. We need to bring the good news in our workplaces, in our schools, whatever we're doing. We need to bring the good news. We need to live out Isaiah chapter uh, 61, verse 1. Okay, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and proclaim liberty to the captives and to open up the prison to those who are bound and proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord the, uh, and the vengeance of God and to comfort all who mourn. All right, the vengeance of God is coming. The wrath of God is coming. And it is our duty, okay, to warn those who, who are lost. Okay, that is our job. If you t- uh, turn to Luke chapter 4. 
verse 18. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty to the captives and recover the sight to the blind and set liberty to those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. What's missing? The vengeance. Okay. What happened is Jesus is sitting in the temple. He's sitting in the synagogue. He's reading. They, they hand him Isaiah. He starts reading it. Jesus fulfills this, okay? Jesus is the fulfillment of this prophecy. Jesus Christ's job was to come to... Um, he, is, he was anointed to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted. Then he closed the book and gave it back um, to the attendant and sat down. And the, uh, and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So all bore witness to him and marveled um, the gracious words which he preached out of the mouth. Okay. He didn't say anything about vengeance. Jesus didn't bring vengeance. Okay. Jesus didn't bring the wrath. Jesus brought the gospel. Jesus brought salvation. And then he gave it to us. And and, in Matthew chapter 28, he says, Go into all nations and be disciples unto them. Okay. Preach the good news. That is our job. Not vengeance. Okay, and we learned that this morning. You know, Adam, Adam gave us the scripture in Romans. That's not our duty. Our job is not to, uh, to take up the wrath of God. That's God's. And in due time, He, He will take up vengeance. Okay? So if you, look, if you go back to Isaiah and you, you compare Luke 4 to Isaiah 61, you see that God, that Jesus, when He came, He didn't bring the vengeance. Okay? Which means... The vengeance is still left to come. All right? The wrath of God is still left to come. And that's the second coming of Christ. When Christ comes and takes, takes up his bridegroom, after that, the vengeance of God is coming. And this is, all, this is the word that God is giving me, and he's giving a new hope. Prepare the way. Prepare the way for the Lord. Okay. These are the end times. We are living in the end times. We are living in the times of God. And in Joel, it says, And in those days, I will pour out my spirit onto all flesh. Your sons and daughters uh, will prophesy, and your young men will have uh, visions, and your old men will dream dreams. We are living in the last days. And that scripture says, And in those days, I will pour out my spirit onto all flesh. I will pour out my spirit onto all flesh. And as I was preparing for this, God kept saying, Chase, I will pour out my spirit onto all flesh. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. He's pouring out his spirit onto all flesh. All you have to do is accept it. All we have to do is tell him. All we have to do is be the light in the midst of the darkness. All we have to do is be the voice in the wilderness preparing the way of the Lord. He said, I will pour out my spirit onto all flesh. All you have to do is accept it. God is doing something. and He's doing something in Ohio. He's doing something in Zanesville. He's doing something in Muskegon County. He's doing something in the United States. And He is saying, I will pour out my spirit onto all flesh. All we have to do is accept it. All we have to do is tell our friends to accept it. I work in a school. I see the hurt in the kids. I see that 4%. You know how we, uh, uh, when Adam gives you the statistics that the millennial generation by the year 2020, it'll be 4% Christianity? I see it. Because there's no righteousness. Okay? There's no one that has morals anymore. Okay? The Bible says, I will pour out my spirit on the all flesh. All we have to do is tell them, the Lord is pouring out His Spirit. The time is coming. He wants to prepare the way. He wants us to be the voice in the wilderness. 
let's go to that scripture. John, uh, Matthew 3, 3. And for for this, he who was the spoken, uh, who was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, saying, "The voice of the one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths." Okay, that's what we need to do. We need to make straight his paths. Okay, that is our job. The time is coming. Israel is aligning. The sticks are coming together. Okay, the stick of Ephraim, the stick of Judah, they're coming together. They're going to make one. God is making Israel. He is making Israel. He's giving them their land back. He's giving them a land in which no one else is going to pass through. No one else is going to, um, no one else is going to live in their land. No one's going to eat the fruit of their land. And I don't know everything about the end times. I don't know how, I don't know everything about the prophecies. All I know is the past two weeks that's the only thing I could read and that's what God kept showing me I was going to get into about Babylon and Iraq and I don't know anything about that I don't know if those prophecies have been fulfilled there's 40 years in history that are missing and people can't figure out if Egypt was desolate or not but there are scriptures in the Bible that talk about Babylon destroying and utterly decimating Egypt okay and I don't know if you know but Egypt has been bullying uh, Israel for years and they Israel just keeps holding them off, holding them off. And I don't know if God is preparing Iraq through the United States to destroy Egypt. I don't know. I'm not going to make that proclamation because I don't know. Okay? I can't figure out Scripture to the fullest. I know God uh, and the Spirit help me. They help me understand things. But all I know is God is checking. God is taking his pawns, his rooks. He's taking his, uh, he's taking his things and he's moving them. And you know what? He's not thinking one step ahead. He's thinking like 18 steps ahead. And he's saying, Satan, I've got you trapped and you can't even see it. The day is coming. The day of the Lord is at hand. Repent for the day of the Lord is at hand. That should be the word that comes out of our mouth every day. Every person we see, the words that come out of our mouth should be, Repent for the day of the Lord is at hand. Repent for the day of the Lord is at hand. Repent for the day of the Lord is at hand. We need to be the voice. New Hope, we need to be the voice. We need to be the voice in Zanesville. We need to be the ones who are actively seeking out to be the ones in the wilderness preparing, making straight his paths. Okay? Making straight the paths so when people people can see that the year of the Lord is coming. Okay? The day of the Lord is, is, is coming. And he's going to pour out his spirit. All we have to do is tell him to, to open up. He will he'll gratefully pour out his spirit. Ephesians 5. And this is what I, this is the scripture. This is a scripture that I, I want to focus on and I want to, I want to end on. Mike, I know it's. I, don't, I know it's rather early, but Mike, if you want to make, make your way up. This is the, the scripture that I, I want to I focus on, okay? For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruits of the Spirit is, or for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. I want to stop there. God showed me this, and... I somehow looked over that. I was going to preach on the fruits of the Spirit tonight. And and this is what God showed me. And I've been in church since I was three years old. I don't know. This is what God showed me. 
when you hang out with certain people, my dad always used to say, if you run with a skunk, you're going to smell like a skunk. Okay? When you spend time around certain people, you start to act like them. You start to talk like them. You say certain things. We'll call those the fruits. Okay? So, the fruits of spending time with each other. You know, my wife and I spend time together. We have our inside jokes. We have our own, um, you know, things we talk about. That's the way it should be with the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit, if you read the fruits of the Spirit, we should acquire those things because we've been spending time with the Spirit. Does that make sense? And I don't know why it took me 20 years to figure that out. But I was just sitting there, and God said, fruits of the Spirit. And I went, oh my gosh, it makes sense. Fruits of the Spirit. We get that from spending time with the Spirit. Okay? And remember, He's going, he's going to pour out His Spirit. All we have to do is receive it. Okay, we should be overflowing with the Spirit of Christ. We should be overflowing with the Spirit. All right? Okay. So, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful to even speak of those things which are done, in the secret, uh, done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed and made manifest by the light... For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, Awake, you who sleep. Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Awake. Wake up, New Hope. Wake up, church in the United States. Wake up, Christians, because God is checking. Okay? Wake up. Awake, you who sleep. That's the word, awake. Make straight his path. We are called to awake, all right? We are called to be John the Baptist for Jesus' second coming, all right? And in Isaiah 61, what did he bring? He brought the gospel. He brought the healing. He brought everything, but he didn't bring the vengeance. And it's coming, all right? The day of the Lord, the fulfillment of the other prophecies is coming. And we need to make straight his path, New Hope. We need to be the ones out there. We need to be active. We need to be actively doing things, okay? We need to be actively um, loving our neighbors as ourselves we need to actively be pouring out the spirit of god we should be overflowing with the spirit and then it says see then that you will walk circumspectly not as fools but as wise redeeming the time but because the days are evil if you want to come and spend a day in my class i'll open the door you will see evil the kids don't care drugs they don't care marijuana all the time they tell Mr. Rosser, Mr. Rosser, I got high on the way to school today. Drinking all the time. Sexual fornication, things of that nature. They don't care. Kids running out of my classroom to get home before their parents did. I'm not making these things up. The days are evil. The time is here. Israel is forming the West Bank and the Gaza Strip. That's what the Palestinians hold down, okay? And God, God is preparing His way. And we need to be the voice in the wilderness. We need to be John the Baptist. We need to be the ones who are making straight His path. And like I started off the message, Satan's crowded down. His eyes are big because he sees the Master's coming. He sees the King's coming. He's scared. And he's desperate. And he'll do anything. That's why we have to be on guard. We have to be on guard.
I can't say anything else. Just make straight the path of Christ. Make straight the path of His second coming. Awake.